in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Last Monday in October, that means next Monday is the first Monday in October, which I think is the start of the Supreme Court thing, right? Yeah, uh, the first term of the Supreme Court. Walter Matthau style. Walter Matthau, he was in a movie once called First Monday in October. And um, that's all I know about the Supreme Court. Uh, No, I know a few more things, but uh, there's going to be a big affirmative action case that could impact the election. Not that, quite frankly, I'm worried about the midterms. It looks like uh, Republicans are poised to win big because people do not like the insanity and it's almost an open and shut case on the Democrats. Even the Jen Psaki, uh, the redheaded uh, former press secretary, now that she's now that she's uh, outside the White House, she can kind of speak her mind a little bit, even on the fake news. She says, if this is a referendum on Biden, we lose. <laughs> she says people are concerned about crime and on crime, Democrats lose. And you should be concerned about crime. Well, you don't should be. Yours by nature are. I, I never thought twice about court. for the longest time. It's like it's, it was just something I did not you because know, it was taken care of by professionals. And now everything has been thrown out the window. Hey, uh, we want to thank the Stephen Sillers Tunnel to Towers Foundation. A great run they put on uh, through the tunnel yesterday. I was there. Now, listen, if you showed up, if you were a WABC fan and you showed up and you supported the team and I did not see you, I apologize. I did not. I, I, there, there were 50,000 people in that race. I was in Group B and I'm wandering and I'm, you know, I just, I could not find anybody. It was a sea, so many people. It was like a, the, everything was under control, but there were a lot of people. So uh, I couldn't find anybody. Any, I was texting people, and uh, I couldn't. We could not find each other. So, who did I see? I saw Joe, Joe Piscopo is the only. Well, and I saw Frank Siller himself, and a couple of other people, friends from around town. But I didn't see. I couldn't find the WABC team. But anyway, um, it was a great event. I ran through the tunnel, and to support that foundation. And uh, so grateful, so grateful for the work they do. Um, now, I got to admit, uh, <laughs> I ran through the tunnel, and that was enough for me. Uh, the thing they don't tell you about the Tunnel to Towers uh, fun run here is that it goes on. <laughs> After you get through the tunnel, you're only like halfway there. I'm like, the World Trade Center's right there. I'm done. I'm finished. I ran through the tunnel. I went a little bit longer, and then um, my daughter, my baby daughter, and my mom and dad actually were uh, rooting me on, and uh, I took that opportunity to say, "Hey, let's all get some breakfast." <laughs> well, what about the rest of the race? I finished it last year. I don't want to. I don't. I already ran two and a half miles. That's enough. That's enough. I did it. I ran through the tunnel. I am official. Well, I didn't cross the finish line, so maybe I'm not official. But I did it last time, and then I was like totally – I was like eight blocks away from where I wanted to be. And anyway, so I ran through the tunnel, and it was a great, great, great event, except uh, <laughs> this. Uh, some of the off-duty security guards uh, taking it a little bit too seriously. I mean, it's a great big fun run. And this one guy acted like uh, he was, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, providing uh, uh, security down at NASA before they launched that 
<laughs> SpaceX to the moon. I mean, he was like, Are you, you're not credentialed to be here. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've just got to go. You're not credentialed. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. And I just, I, I am sorry, but I, I just had to go. I just uh, uh, sometimes anyway, look, we need lots of volunteers to make those things work. A lot of coordination, a lot of logistics and setting up those big jumbo uh, trons right there by the tunnel. It is pretty cool. You know, you go through that tunnel a million times. You never really think about it. And uh, you never think about how long it is. Oh, boy, it's a long uh, that. As it turns, and then there's more tunnel, and it turns again, and then there's more tunnel. Then it's uphill, and then it turns again, and there. where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Anyway, finally, I saw it. Thank you to Stephen Siller. Hey, what is Eric Adams doing? He's not in New York City. He's a a man who loves, I hear he has wanderlust. Have you ever heard of wanderlust? Lust? He's got it. He's got it. Eric went to... (laughs) Puerto Rico uh, to show off what is management expertise. (laughs) Cut 11, please. So you are my brother. You are my sister. We are one. Mi casa su casa. I I, I learned the same kind of uh, Spanish watching uh, Fred Flintstone. All right. You go all the way to Puerto Rico. One more. Cut 12. Now we're here at the emergency command center on how they what are you going to do of the entire uh, impact uh, of the hurricane and really uh, man we want to thank you uh, for what you're doing in a partnership with our faith-based leaders and some of our electeds that are here because our goal is you know we say uh, Puerto Rico is our sixth borough of New That's York right. That's right. Uh, we are we're tied at the hip and is it's uh, ironic we were meeting uh, supposed to meet uh, early, uh, in a few days, right, uh, to sign our agreement, to re-sign our agreement, to continue the cooperation during emergencies. All right, enough, enough, show. enough, enough. Just gibberish, just a bunch of crap, just a bunch of photo op stuff, just another excuse to not work, just to not. Hey, what's the name of the hurricane that's coming? Hurricane Ivan, Hurricane what? Hurricane somebody is about to hit Ian. Ian? Hurricane Ian? That's no hurricane. Anyway, all right, Hurricane Ian is on its way. And, uh, well, it happens down there. Too bad. But really, Eric Adams doing emergency preparedness work? You know, he's probably out there to check out the nightclub scene of San Juan, right? And Santa Domingo there. That's our Eric. That's what he's really looking at. Um, If you spoke like that, can I hear him one more time? Cut 12, just a little bit. Now we're here at the emergency command Does he think he's inspirational? Of the entire uh, impact. Uh, of the hurricane. You see how he's just think he's making it up as he goes along. For what you're doing in a partnership with our faith-based leaders and some of our electeds that are here. What? Because our goal is, you know, we say uh, Puerto Rico is our sixth borough of New That's York. Right. That's uh, right. We are we're tied at the hip, and is it's uh, ironic. You know, if I was such a crummy speaker, I would not uh, shoot my mouth off so much. I'm not. I'm no Abe Lincoln, but I mean, I'm sorry. He mumbling, uh, just all these bromides, just. Stuff kind of meaningless, just like his mayoralty. It means nothing. It stands for nothing. He conned a a relatively small number of people to get elected or to become the ranked choice voting on the last day of school in June of 2021. And then this guy, this he actually thinks like he's acting like millions of people chose him among all the others.
It didn't happen that way. It did not happen that way. All right, let's see here. Oh, yeah, Jen Psaki, the redheaded press secretary, former. Now she's on NBC News. I think she's going to get a talking to after she um, said this on national television, but uh, she did say it, and she was right. Cut eight. I think that Democrats, if the election is about uh, who is the most extreme, um, as we saw, you know, Kevin McCarthy touch on there with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll say her name, sitting over his left side, then they're going to win. If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. And they know that. So uh, if it's a referendum on the president, they will lose. And if it is a referendum on uh, extreme MAGA Republicans, I guess uh, that would be. But. There are no extreme like the, the extremist talk is is just that it's talk. It's it's fantasy. It's it's deliberately dishonest trying to portray uh, MAGA Republicans as extreme. These are not extreme issues. In fact, we can show you <laughs> clip after clip, hours of footage of people like Barack Obama and Chuck Schumer talking about border security, a border fence. They believed in this stuff. Now that the party's been hijacked by bug-eyed AOC, who is getting more and more deranged and irrelevant. I mean, I'm sure she gets a great big endorphin hit when she tweets something. This little nitwit girl from, uh, where is she anyway, from Larchmont or something like that, Terrytown? You know, just an ignorant girl who happens to be slim and some think she's pretty. I, I don't, I, I can't get over the eyes. They're always, they're just bulgy and strange. Uh, but she tweets and 10 million people like it, uh, comment, retweet. That does a lot for your psyche. That really does. It's artificial. It's uh, it leads ultimately to nowhere, especially when you're just talking about all this nonsense. But I think that's what she gets off on. Um, Let's see. Now, oh, Chris Christie was on the... Do I want to talk about Chris Christie? Not really. First things first. The Wawa store in Pennsylvania. Did you see it? Overwhelmed by, uh, well, a bunch of... um, I don't want to even call them crazy. This is just a bunch of young people who have been sitting around, listening and watching and participating in social media, watching the fake news for over two years now. And this is what you get. A breakdown of civil society when you have Democrats and mainstream media falsely accusing the police of systemic racism, falsely accusing America of systemic racism and white supremacy. There is a breakdown in law and order. And Wawa, which I didn't discover until actually a few years ago, they're all over Pennsylvania and a couple in New Jersey. Um, I always thought it was the silliest name, but it is a beautiful, beautiful place to go. Uh, you know, you can get sushi in the Wawa, but it's it's you know very affordable prices. Do we have that clip of the Wawa? The Wawa. It's uh, the one thing about it. You can find it. I just retweeted it on my uh, what is my Twitter at Greg Kelly USA. I say Wawa Wow because there's pandemonium. They're trashing the place. They're stealing everything in it. They're breaking things. But there's this one girl in the foreground who's like oblivious to it all. And she's just trying to get a sandwich. You know what I mean? Are you guys still making sandwiches? The guy's like, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to get out of here. Well, if uh, before you go, could you can you possibly make me a salami? <laughs> so she's really great. I love her. Tough under fire. Um, but there's pandemonium inside, and then there's pandemonium outside. And this isn't some one-off thing. It's happening. I, I tell you what, I ain't going to. Uh, I shouldn't say ain't. Ain't ain't a word. All right. Uh, but I'm not going to go to uh, McDonald's anymore. 
I don't think I'm going to go shopping. I don't think I'm going to go into retail. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say the name of the store. I went to a big store this weekend, and there was an edge. There was something in the air that I didn't like. I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it, but we've all seen, you know, shoppers go crazy and staff go crazy and, and just we've seen riotous behavior everywhere. I felt like that was in the air. Like it felt like a bad kind of electricity that something could happen. And um, so I got out of there. I also noticed when I ask for help in these stores, uh, that doesn't go very well. It just doesn't go. And everybody's got a big chip on their shoulder. Nobody wants to be bothered. Uh, However, oh, I told you I had a bad experience at the Apple store a couple of weeks ago. I went to the, the big one, the one that's underground, the one that they try to make you fool you into thinking that you're in a geranium and uh, everybody there was on their own program. You know, if you if you want to buy something, I don't know. I felt like I was going to the Pentagon looking for customer service. It was just they were not into it. Then I found another Apple store. There's one on Madison Avenue and like 70-something Street. Unbelievably courteous and uh, attentive and uh, talking you through all of your, you know, Apple hang-ups and whatever and my, my cloud. And they'll they'll figure it out all for you. Um, fantastic. But service is, is declining. I guess workers are in short supply and it's, they know it and they don't care. There's another thing that's going on. That's strange. Uh, unionization. They're unionizing over there at Apple. Hey, Apple is also moving the production of the Apple 14, the new iPhone to India. Uh, what difference does that make to you and me? Not really, not much at all. Uh, India, I have been told, is actually very important. It's an important ally of America, and we can't blame the Indian government necessarily, I don't think. But, 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 a hell of a lot of fentanyl is coming from India and coming from China. And then they 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 route it through two places, Mexico and Canada. I didn't realize so much of this stuff was coming from the north. And it comes here, and uh, Americans consume it. Hey, did you see this um, abortion? You know, folks were thinking that this is somehow going to hurt the Republicans. The Dobbs decision rendering Roe v. Wade, you know, out, obsolete, done, and states have to legislate it now. Um, it looks like Democrats have, in their furor over that, they, they've ceased to be pro-choice. And now they're coming off as pro-abortion, very much pro-abortion. So this issue could actually work out for the Republican. I Look, I don't give a damn how it works out politically. Roe v. Wade was a bad decision, and it should not be the law of the land, and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful it's not. Um, this 15-week abortion ban, there seems to be pretty widespread consensus. Even though the people at Fox News think the timing is wrong, uh, it seems that Americans of kind of all political persuasions believe after 15 weeks, no abortions— only the uh, the nut jobs want to see seven, eight, nine month abortions. Remember that Governor Northam, and he was the blackface wearing governor of Virginia, and he said that where well, if a baby is born, uh, you know, uh, it miscarries or whatever, and the mother wanted to abort it, we'll be sure to keep the baby comfortable uh, just before the homicide. This is what they think. This is what they actually think. Anyway, it's looking really good, and uh, I'm glad it's getting chilly again. Aren't you? I love the seasons. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, make Italy great again. 
So they have a new female leader in Italy, and uh, she is very much a conservative. Uh, she doesn't like illegal immigration. Now, of course, they're trying to, uh, what's her name, Georgia Maloney, and they're trying to misrepresent her as a, um, a you know, far right. Uh, she's going to be a Mussolini and all this nonsense. Uh, no, uh, no, nobody believes in that stuff, but people do believe in uh, maintaining borders and maintaining cultural integrity. Uh, that's totally fine. And by the way, when it comes to culture, culture has nothing to do with race. It comes to do with a way of life. And uh, I wish her luck. I like her. I like her a lot uh, from what I know. Uh, we'll see what, what happens next. Um, you know, they always do this, the, the left. They they portray uh, conservatives as uh, you know, the next Hitler, the next fascist. Let's see here. We need to unite against this nationalism. Italians air fears after victory for populist right. That's all they're really saying is what the left is saying about her. Well, what do we know actually about her? Georgia, Georgina Maloney, Georgia Maloney. Let's see here. Number one. Oh, gosh. Another person who's leading a country younger than me. She's just 45 years old. You ever know? There are two men, two moments in a man's life that they'll never forget. Right. Uh, well, maybe. Well, they're, mm, let me just stick to the one I can talk about. You ever read Playboy magazine? Uh, back in the day, lots of us did. And um, yeah, that, that that wasn't really good. But quite frankly, compared to today's antics, it seems rather wholesome. But one day you're looking at the centerfold and it remember it had her little uh, bio, you know, and her turn ons or turn offs or hobbies, favorite book, favorite movie, and then uh, date of birth. And then one day you're looking at it and you realize you're older than the person in the magazine. And that's an interesting feeling. It just is one. But I guess it's kind of obsolete because nobody reads. Do they even make Playboy magazine anymore? They changed it a couple of years ago. I think his son, Hugh Hefner's son, was running it, and they decided to get this, take out the nude girls. And that was a bit of a game changer. And uh, look, I don't look at that stuff anymore. <clears throat> uh, uh, and it's really not good, to be honest. It really isn't. It uh, There's a reason. There's a reason why your parents told you to not look at it and... Uh, you should probably uh, remember that. All right. We want to – ooh, the Trump rally was Friday night. Remember, if you ever really want to know what's going on, watch these things. Don't let me summarize it for you or just play a few clips. You want to watch the entire thing. Hey, wait a second. City students visit the Washington, visit Washington D.C. with the NYPD. Teaching a Generation Program. Member of the Teaching a Generation Program. City students visit – Washington, D.C., with the NYPD. Hmm. This is on New York One right now. And they all get on a bus and they go to Washington, D.C. They, <laughs> they get on a police bus that you usually use for, uh, well, criminals. Trump calls it a paddy wagon. I don't think we say paddy wagon anymore. Uh, he, he said it was a paddy wagon just the other night. I'm sorry, but why are the cops running field trips? NYPD field trips? It's, that's sillier than going to Puerto Rico when you're the mayor. Um, this is uh, the, the the priorities are are not are not in whack. Therefore, they're out of whack. All right, uh, North Carolina, President Trump, cut seventeen. The only thing these deranged leftists care about, the only thing they talk about, is trying to destroy 
Your favorite president to me. Have you ever heard of me? And our great patriotic movement. That's true. There's never been a president that's gone through the crap that I'm going through left and right, left. You feel like a fighter left and right, and then you get up and you knock the hell out of them. <laughs> Have you ever heard of me? It was a great, great rally. They all are. They're compelling. They're interesting. They're informative. They're entertaining. And then you, uh, then you have a Joe Biden rally, and then you just feel weirded out and this vague feeling like somebody should call the cops. Really, when he says this, what does this mean? Especially, oh, do we have time? All right. Uh, no, man. What he says about a little girl in the front row will skeeve you out. And uh, maybe I should have called it. Maybe I will call the cops. I'll be right back. Call the cops on Joe Biden. Yeah, you can still do that. This is still America, ma'am. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, who was that guy with the Buffalo Bills who had the temper tantrum? The uh, the the offensive coordinator, right? Was it the Bills? See that? I know something about sports. I love this. I love this. It was a fine thing to do. Number one, there were three guys in the room with him. So his team loses. I guess it was some key play, and he lost his mind. And he throws his laptop around, and he's, um, I just, I, I think it's okay. It's okay. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. Uh, is he in trouble, that guy? Is he in trouble there, um, uh, Kevin? Not as of right now, no. What do you mean, as of right now? Oh, gosh, is Roger Goodell going to get involved? Just hasn't been anything released on the matter yet. No. What do you think on the matter yet? Okay. Uh, what do you guys? Is he? What do you think? Is he in any kind of issue? No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You're nodding your head. Yeah. Anyway, I hope he's okay. Hey, did Aaron Judge uh, break the record yet? No. Is he in? Je- is the season in jeopardy of ending without him uh, breaking the record? Yes. Yes, it is. Right. What a bust that would be. Oh boy. I hope he gets it. Um, I mean, I don't really care, but uh, especially when I realize he's not going to be able to. They keep talking about the American League record. Who cares? American League, National League. I mean, it's all baseball. It's all one slow, dull, overpriced game. Nobody cares anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would not know Aaron Judge if he walked in here right now. I would not know him. If five guys could come in and say, which one's Aaron Judge? I'd be, I don't know. The tall, the tall one, I guess, right? The tall, I would go with the tallest one. Or I, I just like look. Okay, you look like a baseball player. You're in good shape. I, I don't know. Other than that, um, and I'm not the only one. I know baseball fans now. You know what? I will say this. Even when I was growing up, when I was into the Yankees, you know, Ron Guidry, Goose Gossage, uh, Roy White, Mickey Rivers, Reggie Jackson, who else? Uh, Chris Chambliss, Bucky Dent, uh, Greg Nettles. Willie Randolph uh, and Thurman Munson behind the plate. Oh, gosh. I always thought even those guys could have been a little bit more interactive with the fans. Do you remember when Reggie, when he hit all the home runs, actually took his hat off and, like, you know, like acknowledged the crowd? It's amazing. Three home runs, the crowd's going. Then you get to acknowledge. Otherwise, they just they come on the field, they go off the field, they come on the field. They, they don't really, they're oblivious to the fans. I know deep down they're affected on some way, some wavelength, but by and large, they could give a damn about the fans. They just don't uh, – they don't seem to be very responsive. Maybe that's just me. All right. Uh, hey, well, with this guy with this silly name again. Hailstorm in Freeport. Yeah, hi. What's up? What's – anyway, we talked about your name last time. It got us nowhere. Well, what can I do for you? What's my real name? Um, 
first of all, I heard some time this ago that a, a guy stole the bus because the bus driver went to the bathroom, took too long, and it was another mile to get to the destination. He got arrested for kidnapping 23 people. Hold on a second. Yeah. Whatever happened to the guy who used to steal the trains and the buses? Remember that? There is this maniac. I mean, I don't want to say maniac because he was uh, – Young man with some troubles, but get this, he would just love to steal buses. He had a fetish for buses, and he would sometimes steal trains. Who was that guy? The guy who stole the trains, and he needed mental health uh, treatment, obviously. He was a train thief, and it's a very interesting story. Haven't heard from him in about 10 years or so, at least. Anyway, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Okay, so now the governor. The governor of what? Texas? Governor Abbott? Yeah? Yes. He should be sued or arrested for kidnapping. <laughs> so what news do you watch? You must watch, you watch, watch Tiffany Cross from beginning to end on uh, on Saturday. No, no, where, where did you get this information? Where did you get your information, huh? Where did you get it? A former prisoner. A former prisoner. Well, there's your problem right there. I'll put him up on the stand. I'll tear him to shreds. No credibility. Former prisoner. Um, you, you, you form a prisoner about your old story with the bus. I'm talking about your new fake information about Governor Abbott should be prosecuted and arrested for this thing, right? You say he's uh, what kidnapping? You really believe that? You must be you must be watching MSNBC and reading uh, Mother Jones magazine, which is even more liberal than the New York Times. What is with you? I'm just making a suggestion to put it out there. Also, you never know. You just put it out there and maybe it comes home. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. Thanks, Hailstorm, whatever your name. Uh, let's go with a guy who uh, likes us and is on our side. Andrew in Stanhope. Hello. Playboy. I only read it for the article. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. I only read it for the article. I know. And, uh, the uh likes her turn-ons and turn-offs. All right, enough of that. I don't want to talk about that. It was bad enough that I acknowledged it, Andrew. I don't want you acknowledging your uh, experience with that stuff. Go on. What's up? Her turn-ons. Stop it! I don't want to hear about Playboy magazine anymore. You don't read it. Your mom's listening. All right, what's up? The opposite. The opposite of Playboy, the Bible, Jesus. Everyone knows at the Trump rallies that's a Christian, an evangelical-type thing to raise her hand up so they all know it well i gotta be honest i did not know it myself uh when they were holding their you know when they were doing that thing with the finger pointing i have never seen that before i didn't know what it meant i wasn't threatened by it or triggered by it but i didn't know what it meant i i've never seen that before well what was that uh, what was going on there you have to look in your charles stanley glossary it's more like popular down south you know it's more evangelical not like catholic or older you know Type churches like a Methodist, an older church, but basically every it's known now. It's a religious type gesture. So the Democrats, they remind me of a fish out of water. They're just desperately gasping their last moments to flip back into the water, but they're far away from the pond, so they're not going to make it. But they're like you said, they're just desperate and making a fool out of themselves instead of they don't have any policy issues to run on. All right. Uh, I still don't get that thing. I got to look it up. Uh, you say it's uh, so. What church does it? What we're talking about is, I think it was at the Ohio rally maybe two weeks ago 
at the end, and it's very beautiful, and they put the music on, and Donald Trump is wrapping up the rally, and it's very powerful, and it's like, you know, we got to save this country, and, and then a bunch of people, maybe 50 or so, had their hands up like they were pointing at something in the sky. And uh, some people were trying to say, oh, that's the uh, Hail Hitler, which is obviously nonsense. But I got to admit, I don't know what that is. So you say it's what? Uh, more evangelical, like Whitney Houston, New Jersey's own, a Baptist church. A pre- a um, Elvis went to a Pentecostal church, not just down south, but. Uh, All right, I'll look it up. I got to look it up. Hey, man, you're the best. Thank you. Um yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I, it's funny. I didn't hear that on the fake news. Well, would you hear it on the fake news? Of course you wouldn't. Uh, what do you hear on the fake? Uh, who cares? They are terrible. We know it. Uh, it doesn't matter. They have basically even the pollsters are acknowledging this thing is, look, you got to get out there and vote. You can't take anything for granted. I think, uh, what's her name? Kathy Hochul is running scared now. Uh, she gets it. Um, the New Yorkers get her. They know a dimwit when they see one. They know a faker. They know someone who's just... By the way, she has a deer-in-the-headlights look all the time. You ever notice that? Just like big eyes, doesn't, you know, just like kind of can't believe she's actually here. Doesn't have the strength, doesn't have the moral integrity to speak out against the crime wave, to come up with new innovative solutions. Hey, what, what are the new innovative solutions? Everybody's talking about it. You're afraid to do it, Kathy. Because you're too down with the wokesters, but that would be to fire Alvin Bragg. And that is so within your, man, oh man, if I became governor, you know what? I'd look up all the things that I could do. I'd look, I just want to know the full extent of my powers. And if it's good for the people and it's the right thing to do, and I've got the power to do it, I would do it. And she blew it. All she wants is the money, the status, the stupid mansion. I've seen that thing, by the way. It's not that great. You know, sell your soul to live in some big white elephant of a house in Albany. Who cares? But that's uh, that's what most of them are in it for, except Lee Zeldin. Uh, I'm really pulling for this guy, and I think he can do it. You realize what a shock this will be to the world, to the system? A Republican governor in New York. You want to help make it happen, get out your little smartphone or jump on the Internet don't be like that guy, Mark, on Long Island, who kept on saying, oh, I tried to, but I couldn't figure it out. The guy's ordering books, movies, everything online, but he can't figure out how to send Lee Zeldin $10. He needs it. He needs it. Uh, let's see what Lee's up to here. Uh, you know, oh, it looks Kathy Hochul is still not debating him. Cut 13. We have a lot to talk about. And I don't believe that one hour at the very end of October over a month after voting has started, that a single debate does this process any justice or respect? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> One more time with feeling. Cut 14. She's weak in pandering to far-left pro-criminal in her own party. When I was calling for a repeal of cashless bail, she was saying that there wasn't any data to support it. Essentially, her position is that you have to elect her to find out what her position on changing cashless bail might be in January. Uh, good point. Good point. Meanwhile, uh, Kathy Hochul's political mastermind, Nancy Pelosi, isn't this great? She, <laughs> New York City, liberal, woke New York City, not as liberal and not as woke as you might think. 
There was some big silly music festival in Central Park. I can't stand music festivals. I don't like live music anymore. These things uh, take up time, space, resources. We don't need them. We don't want them. But there's Nancy Pelosi comes out in her big white suit. And look at what they did. They gave her a Bronx cheer <laughs> in Manhattan. Cut seven. I couldn't talk about that. Wow. Wow. Uh, She deserves it. I'm just glad that uh, New Yorkers are aware that anything can happen. Lee Zeldin, that's good for you. That's good for me. I want law and order in New York. Most people do. Oh, that's great. That is great. Um, Let's see. Oh, did we do? Oh, we didn't do this. When Joe Biden skeeved out half the crowd, half the room, cut 18. Gotta say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. This woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate. Wow. Ooh, gross. Gro- it's gross when he does it verbally, and it's gross when he does it physically. Have you ever seen him just go up to a woman he doesn't know or just met and feel give her a neck massage, smell her hair? You know, we still don't know what the hell happened between Joe and his dog. Remember his dog, Champ and Major? Remember he was wrestling with him on the third floor of his mansion in Delaware uh, before Inauguration Day, and he, he, he broke his foot? What really happened there? If, if Joe Biden will manhandle a woman he just met, what would he do with the dog he actually owns? A dog that he actually owns. That's something uh, that's something to consider. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, good luck to you. Sorry. Uh, look, I don't care if this guy's a speaker or not. I'm not really you know, I'm not a Republican. I'm not I'm not enthralled with Republicans. I do consider myself MAGA, though. And when Kevin McCarthy came out with this, uh, it's like a redo of the contract with America. It's something else. It's the com the compact with America. It's a little brochure. It was very flimsy. This guy's a career politician, and look at how he talks to us. I don't think he really, I don't think he respects us. Cut 23. Whether you can afford it, whether you feel safe, the challenge of your children getting lost behind, or a government that's run amok. Who has a plan to change that course? We do. The Democrats have no plan for the problem they created. If you trust us, hold us accountable. We'll put it out to the entire country. This is what we'll do. Um, I just, look, I know what needs to be done. We know what needs to be done. Kevin McCarthy coming forward at this time with a flimsy little brochure saying, trust us. I actually don't think this helps. Cut 22. With the Democrats, because that's their, they control Washington. They control the House, the Senate, the White House. They control the committees. They control the agencies. It's their plan. But they have no plan to fix all the problems they created. So you know what? We've created a commitment to America. A commitment to America. Hey, did you guys cut this so you have the part where he says, uh, I'm going to, you can go to Disneyland? I think you guys not cut. Let me see. He says you can take you can take some of your savings and go to Disneyland. Cut twenty four. We want an economy that is strong. Hey, stop it for a second. The first thing he's got to do is get a microphone that works. Do you hear this? Does it sound as terrible to you as it does to me? 
Cut 24. We want an economy that is strong. That means you can fill up your tank. You can buy the groceries. You have enough money left over to go to Disneyland and save for a future. But the paychecks grow, they no longer shrink. We have a plan for a nation that's safe. That means your community will be protected. Your law enforcement will be respected. Your criminals will be prosecuted. Why are you guys not cutting the sound bites like I present them? Because he, he has this crazy line about how he is going to. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's here. I take it all back. Uh, cut 22. No, no, no. That's not it either. It's not there. He says, you know, if you want to go to Disneyland, you can do it under the Republicans plan. Just trying to incentivize us with a trip to Disneyland. There was something I just didn't like about it. Uh, Cynthia, Uniondale, yes. Yeah, hi. Hi there. How are you? Um, I heard on a Fox, it was a morning show on Fox, about the hand-raising of the people at the rally. They're pointing number one. That's what they're saying. I don't think so. No, that's not how you point number one. I've been given the number one sign quite a bit, and that's not how you do it. You don't do it with your arm on an angle that you're number one. You just don't. That's not number one. No, that's malarkey. I agree with you. That's that. It's not Nazi stuff. You know what America thinks of Nazis? You know what? You ever see Blues Brothers? Remember when Jake and Elwood drove the Nazis, the Illinois Nazis, off the bridge? That's what America thinks of Nazis. Okay, (laughs) including and especially MAGA. Nobody likes Nazis. But uh, no, I don't think that the Fox and Fran or whatever show you saw that on over at Fox. uh, I don't know. They they were number one. Um, anyway, Cynthia, you're from Uniondale, right? How far are you from the Coliseum? I'm like across the street. Across the street. Across the street. Don't you I don't you it. prefer it? I really preferred it when the Islanders played there. Oh, I miss it so much. They I know. Drag racing every Sunday. The cars, the fast cars. Ooh, all day what in the parking Sunday. lot? The drag racing in the yeah, parking lot? In the, yeah, yeah, in the parking lot. I didn't know they had that. It's like the little cars, they're racing each other. I don't know what they're doing. I but I'll tell you one thing. What? You might not like McCarthy. He's not very strong, but... Yeah, he's a, we- he's a wimp. Yeah. When the Republicans say something, I believe they're going to do it. The Democrats lie through... Wait this. a second. Kevin McCarthy has been saying stuff that sounds good. That's all. Do you believe Mitch McConnell when he speaks to the American people? Do you really believe me after all these years? Do you? Do you believe Mitch McConnell? Better than Pelosi, and the Republicans are honest. No, I don't know. I don't know. I no, pfft, no, 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 no. Nobody's a career yeah. politician. They're all in it for themselves. We get in and get out. We don't like these career politicians. But Cynthia, I like you. I'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. 
Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Newt Gingrich, intellectual powerhouse and a man who could get things done politically. Now, that was a speaker. And when he came out with that contract of America, here's the thing about Kevin McCarthy. One of the reasons why he came out with that thing is when Republicans win and they will win in the House and they will win in the Senate. It's almost everybody accepts that they'll win in the in the House. There, Some people will say, well, you know, kind of that quality. Uh, that's just a diss to um, Trump because Trump made these endorsements and he's going to win the Senate, too, for us. J.D. Vance is going to win in Ohio. Dr. Oz, essentially, you got to get out there and vote. Of course, you got to vote, 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 give money, all that stuff. But Dr. Oz is going to trounce Fetterman, trounce him, especially after this Wawa video. Uh, I talked about it earlier, the Wawa, which is a beautiful, beautiful convenience store. You know, 7-Eleven. I love 7-Eleven, Slurpees, Big Gulp, you know what I mean? But compared to Wawa, 7-Elevens are kind of dumpy. They're just not as nice and clean and whatever. But I still go to 7-Elevens. I can't go to Wawa. It's too far away. Anyway, you had how many people marauding inside a Wawa? About 500? 500 uh, teens, early 20s, just rampaging, taking whatever they want. Kind of like it's a Chanel store. You remember that during Black Lives Matter, all the looting of the high-end stores in the name of social justice? Well... Fetterman has been a real soft-on-crime guy since uh, he got into politics. And it wasn't really politics. How much did he make as mayor? Like 100 It was a part-time job. Most people, you know, a lot of these villages, it's a part-time job. And then you have to do a real job. But Fetterman, since he was a rich kid, got subsidized by his parents to the tune of, like, what, $70,000 a year? And they're buying him houses and stuff like this. This was all the grand plan. Oh, and sent him to Harvard so he can get a master's degree. Now, why do you need a master's degree from Harvard? Because the regular people don't give a damn where you went to school. Um, But you know who loves it? The media. Oh, boy. They love it when when it's an Ivy Leaguer, in part because most journalists went to private four-year schools. And they either went to one of those schools themselves or they really want to. And they just – they're fixated on that, that silly status stuff within their little set, their little subset. Uh, But most people uh, don't care. But uh, Newt Gingrich is and has been the real deal. That contract with America really changed, changed the dynamics of the 1994 race. And Newt Gingrich changed America. 1994, here he is, the contract with America, cut 25. We're here because we are taking the first steps. And we're taking them in a contract with the American people. We've already told the incumbents and the candidates that if we have a majority, if the American people accept this contract, that they can expect to work five days a week in January, six days a week in February and March, and 24 hours a day around the clock towards the end if necessary. But we are going to get to the final recorded votes in the first 100 days on every item. Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich, and Republicans took over the House of Representatives in 1994. It was, I don't think it had been done since, what, the 1950s, Democrats in charge. It was unthinkable until he did it. And this 
compact with America that Kevin McCarthy has got going. You know, Kevin is a, uh, I don't know about Kevin. I call him my Kevin, but I'm just, I'm worried. I don't know. I don't think he's one of us, Greg. I don't think he, uh-oh, is that the music? All right. Hey, I notice a bunch of callers. Get this, a bunch of callers. I got I got critics coming in from left and right. You know what they do? This is when Democrats dispatch their people to call into talk radio stations across the country and try to say, oh, what about this? Oh, you're wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. Happens every year like clockwork. Anyway, I may listen to some of them when I come back. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. I really got to delete my social media all over again. There's just so many videos of uh, violence. I mean, really harsh, harsh stuff. And here I got something of, uh, let me see here. A young little kid just being beaten to a pulp by three bigger kids. It's in the in the in the kids in a pool of his own blood and they're kicking him and kicking him and kicking him. Hey, when I was growing up, by the way, you weren't allowed to kick. I don't care what kind of uh, you were in a fight or whatever. There were certain things you didn't do and you didn't kick. Now I see kicking is uh, that's that's like kind of the the. Oh, my God, they're kicking his head. Excuse me, but they're kicking the kid's head. Now, I hate to bring this up, but there could be a racial component to this. Happen to notice that the um, individual being kicked is uh, an Asian youngster. And those who are doing the wailing on him happen to be black. Now, could there be a racial element? Maybe it's a dispute about something totally irrespective of race. I don't know. I do know, however, that there has been a serious uptick in anti-Asian hate crime. And guess what? It's not coming from MAGA Republicans. It's not coming from the Trump world. It's not coming because Trump accurately called the coronavirus the China virus. There's something else afoot here, and I don't know what it is. I do know that somebody who goes on MSNBC all the time had an active role in promoting anti-Asian hate. That individual's name is Al Sharpton. He hosts a show. A no kidding, they gave him a television show. Al Sharpton, yeah, the race hustler. You know, for a long time, we just tolerated him. You know, when he was there, he did his thing, but he was like, at the end of the day, I don't know, Al was not... Totally deranged, but now he's totally deranged. Trump derangement syndrome, and one of the problems that Al has, he can't stand it that at one point he got along with Donald Trump. So he's gone totally overboard. Look, I hate Trump. He's like he's got worse Trump derangement to to show to others who also share Trump derangement that he has it worse. Now, why does he have to do that? Because he's got all these pictures of him hugging and kissing Donald Trump. They had a very decent relationship over the years. I've been told this before, that Al Sharpton, for all of his craziness, once the doors were closed, this is a man you could do business with. You know, there was something about him that was take his crazy disturbances, right? You know, okay, we're going to perform civil disturbance. We're going to be here at noon and we're going to sit down on the bridge and then, you know, you can arrest us. They would actually coordinate these things as opposed to we will strike at a time and place of our choosing. If you're in the social disruption business, believe it or not, 
There's a professional way to do it and an unprofessional, nasty way that hurts genuine people. But in all of this, you know, it's been it's been uh, obscured over the years, obscured, very much obscured, that he led that horrible boycott of the Korean grocery stores in Brooklyn. Do you remember that? And this was this was pure racial animus. I mean, it was raw. It was horrific. And I think we're living with the residual uh, results today. And this is tolerated. This is um, this is a okay. Again, most people don't like talking about race all the time. They just don't. Um, most people actually keep their mouths shut. Those who keep their mouths open, open and running, are those from the woke left. So nobody else talks about race other than them. But you hear the hideous stuff they say, and that can't be. The, we, regular, ordinary, reasonable people, should not cede the territory to them. And here are some lunatics, and featuring that very hateful woman, Tiffany Cross, on the MSNBC Weekend Edition. Have you watched MSNBC on the weekends? Wow. If you thought Rachel Maddow was bad, look at the stuff they're pulling on the weekend. Now, they can do this because hardly anybody's watching. So you have this all keyed up, all right? This is Roland Martin. This is Tiffany Cross. This is uh, their whole band uh, saying really noxious stuff. And they do it, by the way, this is not, hey, it's a free country. If you want to say crazy stuff on channel 4062, have at it. But this is Comcast. And it's one of the biggest companies in the country, I think, right? It's a multi-billion dollar, employs 100,000 people. You can't have this kind of business. I'm sorry. No, you can't. Go ahead. I think that's such a crucial point. His followers, Republican, mainstream establishment Republicans, are echoing these calls for violence, all but threatening it. What was your take? Well, first of all, uh, I have my uh, red LED lighting since the Republicans are so, oh, my God, upset because uh, President Joe Biden, uh, they claim, oh, he looked like uh, he was in Russia. Pastor Charles Jenkins has uh, an intro to his song War, uh, where he says, when the enemy is coming at you, you can't fall down, you can't break down. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. They have allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. This evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. It's about time President Joe Biden decided to get tough. It's about time his advisors stopped being weak and stopped being impotent and not fighting back. What these people want to do to this country is destroy democracy. They want to rig elections. And so it requires you to stand strong. You don't walk comments back. You don't wilt under the pressure. Republicans and conservatives, they are weak. All they do is whine and complain. Oh, my God. He called us semi-fascists. They have called Democrats uh, Marxists. They have called them communists. They have called them socialists. They have called them pedophiles. And all of a sudden, now you get hit and now you start whining. Well, guess what, Democrats? Guess what, Biden? Guess what, Jamie Harrison, Schumer, Pelosi, and everyone else? You keep hitting. You keep pounding because this is about the future hey, of hold our on children. A second. I've got uh, jeez, that's Roland Martin. Remember, this is the same party that says uh, when they go low, we go high, right? <laughs> what, 
What happened in those days? Now, Roland, what does he do other than wear pajamas all the time? He's always wearing white pajamas on TV. Um, all right. I hope he stops talking really quick because then somebody else says, keep going. Let it go. It's about the future of our children. I've got 13 nieces and nephews, and I'd be damned if I'm going to leave a country for them run by these crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil in every facet of our society. Huh? What's what I think about you? <laughs> we really are at an impasse. Critical race theory is evil. Socialism is evil. And you guys, you know, we're not whining. We're not whining. You guys have embraced this. Writing $10,000 checks for young people to pay off their student loans, that's socialism. And it's anti-democratic when you, when you just write a check, when you just do it. Joe Biden does not have the authority, does not have the constitutional or otherwise to do something like this. He just does it. Why is he getting, you know why? You know why they're getting, becoming a little bit more uh, emotional? They know what's about to happen. This red tsunami this red way. Now, I'm not that excited about the House because it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. The way the districting goes, it's, uh, it's just going to happen. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. More of these videos. Hey, did you hear about what happened in Russia? Horrible mass shooting. 13, at least 13 children, children and adults in a school. The school is, uh, houses, I think, teaches from first grade to 11th grade. And a 34-year-old maniac gunman with a great big swastika on his shirt opened fire. And uh, social media has all these videos of the kids huddling and hiding and crying. It's really heartbreaking stuff. Um, these things do happen elsewhere. They often say that uh, mass shootings only happen in, uh, in America. Nope. And also, uh, not only do they happen elsewhere, uh, they'll get whatever weapon they have at their disposal – you ever hear about the guy in Norway who went on a, a bow and arrow spree, killed 13 people with a bow and arrow? This happens all the time in China. What they do is they take uh, a knife and they go on a crazy spree. So uh, the emotionalism from Roland Martin, it doesn't really, really matter. One other thing about Chris Christie, uh, this guy just loves being on television. You know, we're going to remember all this stuff. If he ever wants to be something... Well, I guess he could become a Democrat and run for something in New Jersey, but nobody in New Jersey likes him. Uh, nobody in the MAGA movement likes him or trusts him. And maybe that's fine. Maybe he's just going to be a talking head for the rest of his life. But here he is. Cut 10. I think these are these are all self-inflicted wounds by Donald Trump. And, and you know, one of the things that I always say to clients are, you know, don't out loud fight with the Department of Justice. Like, you know, we'll fight in court and do the things we need to do. He's doing the exact opposite. His lawyers aren't fighting any of this in court. They're really not. They're not putting forward any of these arguments. He's putting forward all these arguments on television. There comes a point where prosecutors are human, too. And you want to keep daring them. They may just actually do it. I still don't think he's going to be charged. But I will say this much about what Dan said. The more you absolutely antagonize with nonsense arguments on television that your lawyers won't make in court because they're afraid they'll be sanctioned if they do because they have no evidence, you're pushing yourself closer to a self-inflicted indictment. And I don't want to see that happen just because I don't think it's good for our country. But he's pushing himself in that direction. See how he walks the on both sides, right? You know, wishy-washy. You know, covers all of his bases, he thinks. So President Trump is supposed to let these guys just come into his home and just take it and just you know go with it 
and just hope that the prosecutors are nice to him. He's going to be nice, so the prosecutors will be nice to him. Uh, you got to fight back. you got to shoot off your mouth. If they'll do it to him, they'll do it to us, and they're trying. They're absolutely trying. Did you hear about this guy in, in Pennsylvania? He is a, I guess he's an anti-abortion Christian who sometimes goes outside of an abortion clinic. He doesn't block anybody's entrance, but he offers literature and he offers counseling. Like, look, if you're really thinking about doing this, maybe you want to think about this. Maybe you want to think about the life that's inside you. Maybe you want to think about these alternatives like adoption, okay? And here's some phone numbers. Here's some people who can talk to you, that kind of thing. It's totally legitimate. It's totally wholesome. It's totally beautiful. And the federal government raided his home in the middle of the night, SWAT team style. SWAT team style. You know, they talk about getting swatted. That's like a false alarm. Well, this was totally authorized. They knew who he was. They knew he was nonviolent. Yet they go in there. They gin these things up. Oh, he's a. this is a felony. It is a felony. No, it's not. This is freedom of speech. This is the weaponization we don't like. This is hard. This is genuine fascism. This is genuine. We're going to have another January 6th hearing this week. I think it might be on Wednesday. And if you want to see something that's fascist, I mean genuinely fascist, where they hide behind uniforms, they put the police out there in front of them. Hey, I support the cops big time. You can read all about it in my new book, Justice for All. How the left is wrong about law enforcement. I respect them, support them, love them, but we don't work for them. They are public servants. And if you watch what's happening, you just a little bit of nuance here. They're trying to make it the left as in questioning law enforcement is somehow anti-democratic, somehow poses a grave threat to democracy. Now, it doesn't. We're allowed to, especially when they raid the home of a beloved former president of the United States. Okay, that is a legit, especially when they allow people inside the Capitol on January 6th, when they know they've got a problem. What is happening there? It's not uh, undermining the blue. It's actually supporting the blue. But we don't work for them. They work for us. Right now, Democrats are using them, using them. And have you noticed all the cops that they got to testify? Uh, usually, it's a, it's a woman, it's a black guy, it's a Hispanic guy, it's an Iraq war veteran. They're hiding behind them, using them to try to cancel us, to cancel our concerns. They can't. It won't work. They're messing with the wrong patriots. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sorry, I had the volume all the way down. You guys trying to get my attention? <laughs> Here I am. How long was that going on for? Oh, no big deal. Um, 
I'm a little bit, uh, what am I? I feel fantastic. Uh, getting up in the morning and running with the Tunnel to Towers people was totally fantastic. Uh, thank you very much to Frank Siller, who I, by the way, called Steve once yesterday by mistake. Um, wonderful tradition uh, running in memory of his brother and to support all those veterans, uh, some of whom uh, horribly disfigured by war, and buying them, helping to buy, supply them with smart houses. Really a terrific um, uh, technology. You know, it's like a Siri for the house. It does everything. Uh, great stuff. And a lot of other uh, activities as well. Um, hey, it looks like Donald Trump may be back on social media by January. It looks like Facebook may let him back on. And also Twitter. Uh, some discussion of that. Should he really go back on after how they dissed him? I don't know. I don't know if he will. He really does like these other systems. He loves sending out the email uh, and then everybody reacts to the email. It's a bit more space. He says it's very elegant. It's elegant compared to what he used to do. And there is something to that. Um, uh, ooh, Liz Cheney will not be around for the party no matter what happens. Liz Cheney, remember her? Well, she is still technically a member of Congress, and we could probably see her this week at the uh, phony January 6th hearing. And, oh, say it's not so. She's going to leave the party if Trump is the nominee. Cut 15. Will you remain a Republican, regardless of what happens in the next election? Uh, I'm going to make sure Donald Trump, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure he's not the nominee. And if he is the nominee, I won't be a Republican. Okay. You know, it's funny when she says, I'm going to make sure he's not the nominee. Well, you can only do so much, right? You're one person. You can work, you know, to, uh, you can work for something. But she has said that before. Like, we will stop him from becoming the nominee. I, there's something vaguely, more than vaguely, troubling about that. Well, what if the people decide that they want him? Well, she's going to stop it. That's the language she's chosen before. And this time, there's actually a little bit of concession. Do me a favor. Why are these kids going to Washington, D.C. on a New York City school bus, a New York City police bus, all the way to Washington, D.C. for a tour of what? So they can learn about January 6th? I bet that's on the agenda. I really do. Uh, I know the cops are not down. Look, I love these programs where the the cops get closer to the kids. The uh, Explorers Club. You've ever heard about that? That's a really neat thing uh, that they've been working on for a while. Hey, who saw the Sunday shows yesterday? I try to avoid them, but um, I I usually listen to them. Jake Sullivan is the national security advisor. You probably have never heard of him. He keeps a low profile, and for good reason. He doesn't have much of a resume. He's known for two things, losing the Iraq war, um, Losing the uh, campaign in Afghanistan and trying to tell Hillary Clinton to go to Wisconsin to campaign, and she didn't listen. That's like the thing that really sets him apart. At the last minute, he starts freaking out. He starts seeing the polls, and it's like, uh uh-oh, she could lose Wisconsin. We better send her there, and we don't have a plan. Well, being that, I'm sorry, this kind of counts you gotta have some presence. You gotta, you gotta have some battle scars when you're in Washington D.C. And he looks like a guy who's, you know, got a Ph.D. in philosophy and has never left the academic world in his entire life. And strangely enough, you know, these national security advisors half the time they come from law firms. 
they're just partners at a law firm. And the, they're just donors and Democrats like them. They don't know how to do this job. It's a very big job, the National Security Council. Henry Kissinger could handle it. Um, who's another one that was really good? No, uh, Bud McFarlane could handle it. Uh, people like that. Oh, well, he wasn't that great. Uh, McMaster, General McMaster. Uh, Trump couldn't really tolerate this guy. He was always wasting everybody's time, and the brief went on too long. And he was just so convinced that he knew the right way. He also felt like it was his duty to kind of tell um, tell off his civilian uh, overseers, superiors. Now, there's a time and a place for that, but this was his brand. He wrote a book about how the general should have been more forceful with civilian leadership in, during the Vietnam War. So that was kind of his brand to mouth off and to, you know, but he should have understood that Donald Trump understood the country and understood the world a lot better than this guy. You know, some guy who graduated from the war college. It's a very unique thing where 75 to 80 million people trust that individual to be president. That's something you've got to concede a lot. Everybody, just about everybody goes into that Oval Office, no matter who's president, by the way. I'm going to straighten this guy out. I have all the answers. And then they write some silly book. If only they had listened to me. Well, try going out and getting elected yourself before you talk. All right? Uh, Anyway, sorry. Sorry, Jake. You're not cut out for this. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, this is going to be a little tricky. I'm going to give it a try, though. The um, the new prime minister of Italy, Georgia Maloney, right? Georgia Maloney. She's 45 years old, and she is a conservative, and she is tough, and I'm learning more and more about her, and... Um, my Italian is not so hot. However, I think I'm going to be able to translate this speech that she gave. And let me see how long it is. It's about two minutes. So I'm going to try to do this. And you'll hear the Italian in the background. Now, give me a moment. Uh, uh, all right, hold on, hold on, hold the wire. All right, here we go. Oh, make sure that's... Uh, all right, all right. One, two. I'm going to do my best here. It's going to be a little bit tricky for me. Uh, all right, all right, hold on. All right, here we go. Are we ready? Go. There is a single answer told. Wait, I got to do it again. My Italian is. Here we go. This is about what we are doing today. Why is family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? There is a single answer to these questions. Because it defines us. Because it is our identity. Because everything that defines us is now an enemy. For those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves. And so they attack national identity. They attack religious identity. They attack gender identity. They attack family identity. I can't define myself as an Italian, Christian, woman, mother? No. I must be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two. I must be, because when I am only a number, when I no longer have an identity or roots, 
Then I will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators, the perfect consumer. That's the reason why. That's why I was inspired. They inspire so much fear. That's why it inspires so much fear because so I don't want to be a number. We will every single human being because each of us has a unique genetic code, unrepeatable. And like it or not, that is sacred. We will defend it. We will defend God. Those things that I that we have so much in common, we will defend because we will never be slaves and simple consumers at the mercy of financial speculators. This is not our mission. This is why I am here. Somebody wrote about a century ago. Let's see if I can find it. She's going through her notes. Fires will be kindled to testify. Swords will be drawn to prove that I that the leaves are green. Uh, well, how's my Italian? Plus or minus? Could you hear the Italian lady's voice? Well, all right. I know a lot of you are impressed right now thinking, wow, I didn't know Greg spoke Italian. I was reading the subtitles. <laughs> but, uh, and she speaks fast. But she speaks beautifully. Bene is right. Everything, our identity is under attack. You can't identify as a Christian. You can't identify as a mother, as a father. Person one, generation X, gender X. Take all of that stuff away out of the equation. A zero and one, binary. Non-binary for gender, binary for consumer. Georgia Maloney, wow. I love her. I absolutely love her. And don't believe the fake news. Oh, oh, oh she's a fascist. She's this. No. Mm-mm. Standing up to a transgender militant is not fascist, all right? You know, we have a right to be free and to be who we are as well. We really do. Uh, and we also have a duty and a responsibility, and a sacred obligation to protect children. Georgia Maloney, how do I give money? And Pete's on the phone telling us not to give money to anybody. Hi, Pete uh, from Piscataway. What's up? Hello. Um, I wouldn't give a penny to any candidates running for office. Very good, Pete. You don't have to. Calm down. Relax. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. Five years ago, mm-hmm. the RNC called me up. And well, hold I on a second. Five a... years ago was 2017, right? Yeah, something like and that, And they yeah. called you up on the phone? Yeah. Well, yeah. number one, I, don't or, ever or, give – hey, or, don't – no, Pete, don't ever give money to anybody who ever calls on the phone, period. It might have been in a thing, and it might have been in a letter or something, you know? And I uh, uh, gave them some money. And then a couple other couple um, years later, they called me up. And? and? Uh, I said, hey, I'm not going to give you any money until you do something. Uh-huh. Do something. All right, Pete. Um, Thanks. Thanks. Now, uh, so they didn't get around to telling you what they did? Do you like what you're seeing around you right now? You like all this stuff? You like you like the mob being sanctified and glorified? 
You like police being canceled. You like being unfairly maligned as a white supremacist. You like all that stuff. You like it. All right. They didn't do enough for you. And now you're just going to stubbornly, you're not going to give to anybody, damn it, because they never got around to telling you what they did. Uh, Pete, I don't like your attitude. Hey, listen, I didn't like Donald Trump getting through, going through the gauntlet and all the cupcake Republicans doing nothing. Hey, Man, hey, hey, you, hey, hey, bu- 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 hey, do me a favor. Uh, two- uh, Pete, Pete, please tell me I don't sound like this guy, right? When I, when, I, when I turn it on, do I sound like this guy? No. All right, Pete, you sound very, very hateful and mean. I want you to relax a little bit, all right? Um, you know, a guy like Lee Zeldin, oh, you, maybe you're in Piscataway, you don't think this matters, But the future of New York matters, all right? Now, look, I don't like money and and politics, but it is what it is. Winston Churchill said democracy is the worst system in the world, except for all the others. We don't live in Russia. We don't don't live in the old Soviet Union. We got to pay for this stuff. So if you don't want to give money, fine. You know who does? Amazon. You know who does? Netflix. You know, a guy like you, Pete, small... Uh, you know, I would imagine a small um, amount donor with an attitude. You, you pose more of a threat to the establishment in a good way than Netflix. Small donors. You guys make the difference. And I'm with you about those rhinos. I can't stand them. Pick a couple of candidates you like. Pick some that you like. Why wouldn't you do that? Ten, twenty bucks. I mean, are you? Are you, it sounds to me like you're like a little Ted Kaczynski-ish. You're going to go off into the woods and live in a tent. They all go down Washington on a fixed income, and they all come out millionaires. And they're all all right, Pete. All there. right, Pete. Pete. Wait, wait, wait. Pete. It's a, it's a, it's look. It's our country. I realize. I I, I share the frustration. I just don't want to. I mean, I don't know. Uh, sorry. So you want to just sit on your hands and let rich people determine all of this. That's what you're saying, Pete. When you say you're not going to give any money and something tells me, just a hunch, you're not giving a lot of money, but a lot of Pete's, a lot of Greg's giving a little bit of money can make a big difference. But you're just going to be so frustrated and let the rich people determine everything. Is that it? The rich people, big, big corporate America, big tech, you're just going to cede it all to them, Pete? Well, you know what? They're going down to Washington. All right, Pete, 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 goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I mean, he's so angry. There's no talking to this guy. He's just so miserable. Pete, I love you, but come on. I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to look at the leaves and the sky. And we've got some things out there that are worth preserving. We really do, okay? We really, really do. And if you don't like these guys going down there on a fixed income, well, Maybe you want to contribute to somebody like Dr. Oz. He ain't doing it for the money. Believe me. Uh, who's another guy who's uh, is a real money bags doing it for, uh, well, Donald Trump? You can donate to Donald Trump. He's not doing it for the money. He's not in it for the fixed income. I'll give you one more. I, I, Pete, if you haven't changed your tone a little bit, I'm going to hang up. Okay. How about Ben Carson? Great man. Carson? Great man. I love Ben Carson. Uh I don't think he's running for anything, though. You can't give him money. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. One more thing. I'd give them money if they come up with a law that says whoever sues and loses, they got to pay or term limits. You do those two things. and and Well, Pete, all right. Pete, 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 Pete. 
We got to get there. We got to get there. I would actually, if I were you, I would sit, spend the rest of the afternoon giving 20 bucks to five candidates each. All right? Each. And you know what? When you do, you got to, hey, how about this, Pete? Instead of yelling and screaming at me, you should write these guys letters. And everybody writes an email. Everybody calls the office. And then they call me. And they're all frustrated that they didn't get what they wanted right away. If you write them a letter, I'm telling you, if you put pen to paper, things start happening. It's magic. I'm telling you, man, write these people letters. Pete, it's not up to you. You're a citizen, baby. You know, you have a role in this. You have a figure. You, you got a bit of a sit back and, you know, ah, to hell with everything. Pete, love you. Good luck. Keep in touch. Let's do one more. Uh, who's been on phone for a long time? Um, Barbara. 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 Wait, I'm sorry, Barbara. Uh, yeah, Barbara. What's up? Hello, Greg. You were just quoting the new Italian prime minister. She was quoting G.K. Chesterton. And I had a quote I wanted to share with you because you're talking about all the violence that we're seeing. Hey, did you see I used that quote you gave me from Sam Adams the other night? Loved it. I loved it. You used it beautifully. You made the point so beautifully. And I have another one for you. This one is from G.K. Chesterton. All right, hold on a second. Let me write this down because you do give me some good stuff. G.K. Chesterton. Who is that guy? Chesterton. He is the greatest writer and thinker of the 20th century. Oh, my gosh. And I've never heard of the guy. I know. The most unknown. Listen to what he said. This is only one of the things. He said, those who will not live by the Ten Commandments must live by the Ten Thousand. Now, Now, do me a favor. Break that down for me a little bit. What does that mean? I think it means, like, if you live by God's rule, you have to live live by man's? There you go. There you go. The Hmm. Ten Commandments are a simple set of rules that cover everything that allows us to live in civility and harmony and happiness and to achieve heaven. But those who will not live by the Ten Commandments, who are not only ignorant of them, but who despise them, want to pull our society down so that we will not live by the Ten Commandments. That's why you're seeing the chaos, because our founders knew that if our nation lived by the Ten Commandments, we would preserve the natural rights from our Creator. Mm. But those in power now know that that won't work because they want the power so they are creating chaos i love it give me the other give me the other give me the other uh, quote from him the which other quote i I thought you said yeah too with gk chesterton no the italian prime minister um quoted gk chesterton today there are books by gk chesterton but um she quoted him when she said someday we will have sword fights to determine whether leaves are green. In uh, other words, the absurdity. And we see that absurdity today. Oh, when yes. All right. That would make sense. Violent, now we look at these violent riots, and we're told, oh, no, that wasn't violent. And then we look at the people invited into the Capitol on January 6th, and we're told they are violent. So that's what G.K. Chesterton was talking about there. All right. We love this guy. I, uh, I'm just learning about him now. Gilbert Keith Chesterton. He lived from May of 1874 to June of 1936, a English writer, philosopher, um, lay theologian, literary, and art critic. I am amazed at how productive these people can be. I wonder if he had any children. 
I'm finding myself with children. I can't do much of anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you got 15 minutes to yourself, and this guy is changing the world. Uh, did he have a wife and kids? All right. I like this a lot. G.K. Chesterson. Uh, Chesterton. Chesterton. Thank you, Barbara, very much. Let's do one more. Sandra, one of our favorites. Hello? Oh, hello. Do you hear, hi, do you hear me? Yeah. Because I don't have my earbuds on. Welcome oh, back. How are you? What's going on? Oh, um, how are you? I want, First of all, I wanted to wish you and everyone a happy new year. Ah, uh, yes. And I, want, and I wanted to tell you that I made a donation for your team for the um, Tunnels to Tower walk. I wanted to go, but I had to prepare for the holiday, so I didn't get to go. But I guess I wouldn't have seen you anyway, based on what you said. So, all right. So, <laughs> but thank you for your support. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I was going to talk about um, pro-life, but I decided you brought up something before. I couldn't believe it about the um, person who killed people with the bow and arrow. Mm. Well, I saw a movie two weeks ago. It's called We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, my goodness gracious. I saw that movie myself with Tilda Swinton. Oh, my God. That's I saw that made me so isn't that amazing? It's an amazing movie. It's really disturbing. I mean, it's not exactly a crowd pleaser, but a kid goes on a rampage with a bow and arrow. That's right. It happened in, in real life school. in Norway. Hey, you know, my That's friend, right. a friend of mine I went to high school with, his name is Alex Manette. He played the, uh, you know, the creepy guy in the office who kind of liked her and then blew her off. Remember that? He got right close to her face. Remember that guy? No. Okay. I'm Do you remember they're at the party? Remember they're at the party? Okay. Yeah. You know, she's being ostracized, right? She's like all by herself. And this guy comes over to her and like, you know, hey, do you want to dance or something like that? And she kind of is rude or not rude, but doesn't really respond. And then the guy gets up to her and says something really nasty. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, well, I don't, you know, you should know that nobody cares for you. You you're, you you're useless. Well, that's my friend, Alex. I know that guy. I still know. I went to high school with oh, him. We keep in touch. God. He's a good actor. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, why, why'd you bring that up again? No, because you brought up that it just happened. So I'm saying, look at copycats. Like, so someone did that again recently now with the bow and arrow. And in this story, the father teaches the son at a young age to use that bow and arrow. Yeah. And look what he did with it. It's just well, it's bow, amazing. I mean, the bow and arrow has been around, you know, for uh, thousands of years. So I, who I knows know if he that, got the idea but, from the. But, oh, that's true. Yeah. I know. But I want to say one more thing. Mm. You remind me of Harvey in the movie um, Suits because Mark Simone was saying to watch that movie because of Meghan Markle. So I watched it. I'm watching it, actually. And you remind me of Harvey. Meghan Markin, I can't even say her name today, but she she's a good actress, but she's just being herself in that movie. I think if you maybe put her in another role... Maybe then we'd see how good her acting might be. Do well, you agree with me on that? Well, number one, Mark's a friend, and we talked about that. I turned him on to Suits and uh, this guy. I love that yeah, movie. <laughs> and uh, the TV show. And uh, thank you for the Harvey comparison. He's the coolest dude yeah. in the show. He's the yeah, coolest dude. You remind me of him. Oh, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and, uh, hey, I know you call Mark some sometimes. Mark Simone, living legend. He is uh, he is an awesome, awesome guy. Hey, thank you. I gotta take a quick break. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this is really funny. I mean, it's funny and sad. Uh, Joe Biden is at the White House, and I think he's with the Little League World Series team and their families. And he says, "I want everybody who's under fifteen to come up on stage right now." 
and he doesn't say it in the most friendly way. And then a bunch of little kids kind of come up there, and you can tell they're hesitant, they're reluctant, they don't want to be there, they don't want to be anywhere near Joe Biden. But they all go up there, and he's making crazy comments about his daughter and, and you know, dating his daughter and uh, just all that weird stuff. And then this little kid, who's got to be about eight years old, uh, is on stage. He's like, come here. And he walks up to him, and he just stops, stops dead in his tracks about six feet away. And you can tell the kid does not want to be with him. He says, come on. And he shows him this shirt that says Biden, like, you know, I'm going to give you this shirt. So finally, like the kid, he understands this is the president. I'm supposed to go closer. So he walks right in front of him and he turns around and he's got this really nasty scowl on his face. He does not want to be there. If you think about it, really, what what kid in America would look at Joe Biden yelling and screaming his head off about how terrible America is all the time and thinking, yeah, I like that guy. I, I, I like him. You know, it's interesting. Donald Trump could be, yeah, he could he could be pretty vocal and but remember he was he was talking America up, not talking it down. This guy talks America down and talks radical leftist forces up. He's got it totally backwards. No wonder kids just don't get it. There's this natural I think a uh, we're attracted to leaders and leaders don't try to destroy what it is they're trying to lead. And I really think he is. You know, look at the border, wide open. Why would you keep it wide open like that? You know, Joe Biden, if you believe Joe Biden, and I take him at his word on this one, has never had a drink of alcohol or uh, smoked a cigarette, done any drugs his entire life. Um, now, his son, Hunter's, that's that's obviously another story. And it can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. Um, but why is he making it? more likely that it's going to happen to more people. This fentanyl stuff, this fentanyl is pouring into this country from Mexico. It's created in China. It's also created in uh, India now. And it's coming here unabated. I mean, all right, fine. You want these voters? You want the cheap labor? Oh, well, we don't... All right, I guess I could understand your 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 why you're drawn to that. But what about all the drugs? What about these chemicals? You know, the life expectancy in America is still going down. That is by definition a a society in decline. I mean real decline. And by the way, this stuff <laughs> the fake news is trying to explain away illegal immigration like crazy. Even people who, uh, hell, I thought I was on drugs when I heard Chuck Todd say this, cut 16. Over the last few weeks, Republican governors have been shipping asylum seekers to more liberal-leaning Democratic enclaves, trying to send the message that they think migrants are a political problem for Democrats. But in fact, some data shows us that more migrants could actually help solve one of the country's most pressing problems. Even before the pandemic, migration in the United States had been slowing. We started the last decade at almost 700,000 uh, migrants coming into this country in 2010. We hit a peak of just over a million in 2016 when Donald Trump got elected, and it dropped all the way down to 247,000 thanks to the pandemic. And you can see this labor force participation rate, it's been dropping. Pre-pandemic, we were at 63.4. We're still sitting at 62.4. One percentage point, by the way, represents 2.6 million Oh, enough people with this guy. Missing. He talks too fast. He's basically saying that all these illegals are somehow going to help with inflation. Hey, how much time do I have? 
Oh, boy. All right. Got to go. 30 seconds. That's it. That's it. Got to get the nighttime show in order. There will be a special guest appearance by Raymond W. Kelly, New York City's longest-serving police commissioner, the best police commissioner in all of New York's history. Uh, And tonight, do you know that Rochester, by the way, Rochester essentially is a city without a government right now. Totally out of control. Same goes for New Orleans. More on that tonight. All the best, everybody. Oh, the book, the Greg Kelly book, Justice for All, wherever books are sold, you can pre-order. Bye-bye.